Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid reach new milestones, plus the Calgary Flames are in a fight for their playoff lives. We've got all that and a lot more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NHL60. Use code NHL60 for 60% off plus free shipping. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Oilers, Brett Holden. And Brett, you've got to be smiling right now. This is a, a great time to be an Oilers fan. And let's start with the obvious. Connor McDavid, 150 points on the season. First time any player in the NHL has done that since 1996. Uh, what words are left to say about the excellence of Connor McDavid? It would be easier to use the words that you, you can say about Connor McDavid. The amount of uh, explaining or adjectives, I believe, the proper thing. I wasn't fantastic in language arts class, but I believe that is the technical term. The, the amount of words you can use to explain what Connor McDavid not only is as a hockey player, as an offense, uh, offensive hockey player, as uh, an impact on the game, as an impact on the city and a team, there's just nothing that you can say that hasn't already been said about this guy. And honestly, it might get to the point where we're making up new words just because it has just been absolutely magical, revolutionary in, in the game today. I could only imagine being a child or, or a kid today watching him play each and every night. It is just unbelievable to see in the NHL today. I mean, he has a magical skill set, but what one trait in his game makes him stand apart the way he stood apart this year? It's been his determination to win. It's been, and that might, there might be a better describing word to use that as well, but just the, the ability for him to put his chin down and his willingness, willingness to win the game in all situations. It's just been determination and, and, and the ability to just go down and grab it. His, we talk about his offensive game. Yes. 151 points, 64 goals, 87 assists, not, too bad pretty decent those look like career numbers for i don't know name anybody and who played on the fourth line well pretty much name anybody who played for the oilers in decade of darkness that's probably what their career stats look like but <laughs> the thing that he does that isn't talked about with Connor mcdavid is the play that he also has in his own end he has led the league in shorthanded points as well the edmonton oilers I, off the top of my head are in the top three if not the top team in the nhl in shorthanded points and he has been playing 
a lot of minutes on the penalty kill. And recently, since the addition of Ekholm and Vinny DeHarnay coming up as well, and Nick Buke said, the Edmonton Oilers have really been better in their own end and on the penalty kill as well. And I think that isn't talked about with Connor McDavid enough as well. Now, in addition to McDavid working his magic, the Oilers winning seven in a row, 9-0-1 in their last 10, two points behind Vegas right now. Can they win the division? Can they catch them? I genuinely do think so. The Edmonton Oilers have uh, the San Jose Sharks and the Colorado Avalanche left. A tough game for the Colorado Avalanche on Saturday against the uh, uh, LA Kings. That's a hard-fought game. And the Colorado Avalanche aren't exactly healthy either. It's going to be a great measuring stick, too, for the Edmonton Oilers because uh, you don't know who you're going to face in this in the uh, Western Conference Finals. So, And we've seen how the Edmonton Oilers and the, the Colorado Avalanche have played throughout this uh, year as well. They've been tight games. All or Both games so far have gone past the 60-minute mark into overtime and free hockey. Then the Edmonton Oilers have, once again, the San Jose Sharks. So, if we're taking a look at those last two games or for the Edmonton Oilers, well, they get a point each time they played the Colorado Avalanche so far this year. And, well, we all know what's been going on with the San Jose Sharks and the Edmonton Oilers. So, that kind of favors the Edmonton Oilers. The Vegas Golden Knights has Seattle a couple of times here. Uh, and that's a team who is trying to fight, not necessarily for positioning in the playoffs or heading into the playoffs, but certainly trying to prove themselves in the playoff race. The Vegas Golden Knights might be catching a team that wants to maybe spoil their plans going into the playoffs. So I I really do think the Edmonton Oilers could have uh, the upside in, in the potential, not only Pacific Division, vision race too but the western conference as well and how important is it in your mind to get that division one and and get that first overall spot if you can well the big thing so uh, on saturday night with the los angeles kings loss and the oilers win the edmonton oilers clinch home ice advantage and i think that at least in the first the first uh series for edmonton and playing in edmonton it is unlike Anything you could possibly imagine. This city just, this is a playoff city. This is a playoff hockey city and it is buzzing and it, you can feel it in the arena every single playoff game. It is, it's uh, immaculate. It's unbelievable. Being able to have that in each and every series that the Edmonton Oilers could be in this season. Yes, there were times against the LA Kings where it just wasn't really home ice advantage. But the LA Kings were the LA Kings last year and they really surprised everybody. Could be a surprise again this year as well. Although you see their recent trendings not too hot. But... You have that against the LA Kings. That could be uh, the big thing against them in that first round. Same thing against the Vegas Golden Knights, the Colorado Avalanche, just being able to consistently have and not have to worry about really going into somebody else's barn. It could be really be, it could really be in the Edmonton Oilers favor here. No, no question about that. So hopefully uh, they'll be able to pick that up. Look, everyone knows about your McDavid's and your dry sidles and your, Hyman's and Nugent Hopkins. Give me a name that national fans may not know, but that Euler fans do know has really contributed to the success of this team, but isn't making a lot of headlines. I am going to say a name that has been hated on since the start of the year, but recently has been 
given his flowers as he should have all year. Darnell Nurse. He is fifth on the Edmonton Oilers in points right now. And do you take a look? I, I am a big stan of and big fan of the uh, player cards that they have on the athletic. And on those player cards, they have the market value for the players con- uh, that is based on their contributions in the analytical part departments, the goals, the assists, all the, the fun little stuff that everybody loves to, to debate about on his market value. His market value in the NHL right now is $9.6 million. And everybody loves to talk about, why are we paying Darnell Nurse this, that, and the other thing? And especially since Matias Ekholm has come into this team, taken uh, the pressure off of Darnell in his own end and really been able to expand his game more comfortably, he has been an absolute outlier for a lot of this team this season. And, And it's just really helped the Edmonton Oilers. Brent, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? You can find me personally at the real Holden 40. That is on Twitter. That is on Instagram. I believe my MySpace is still that too. So hit me <laughs> up on there. But you don't care about me. You care about the Oilers. So you can find the Oilers on Twitter at Locked On Oilers, exactly how it sounds there. And you can subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. I'm going to bring home some more of these fun jerseys. I have the Omark one there. I think I have a Dustin Penner in there. Maybe I'll grab that one. But either way, you can find us on YouTube at Locked On Oilers there as well. It has been an absolute pleasure, of course, as always with you, Gil. Brett, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because now new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. And look, check out the odds for your favorite major league or NHL team on the FanDuel app. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Penguins, Hunter Hodes and Hunter, let's start with Sidney Crosby. The milestones just keep on coming. 1,500 career points. That puts him in some pretty elite company. Yeah, only a select handful of players have ever reached that. Um, he's now, well, he has been 15th all time in NHL scoring 550 goals total, 950 assists. Um, he hit that mark thanks to a massive performance against the Red Wings when the Penguins needed him most. They needed the two points right there as they continue to fight for a playoff spot. And, you know, he had been a little bit quiet those past five to six to seven games. Wasn't playing at the level that we had seen him play at through most of the season. Not really sure if he's going through an injury, but he made sure to shut some people up as, you know, he does, he shouldn't have to, but sometimes he goes through those little streaks where you're like, okay, like what's going on here. But he had a great performance. Um, against the Red Wings, his goal was a beautiful wrist shot. Um, had the assist on Danton Heinen's goal. Also had another. I also had that beautiful backhand snipe. He has the best backhand 
um, of this generation. I don't really think it's any close. And I also think he's the best player of this generation. He put the team on his back in that game. And I think he's going to have to do that these last couple of games. If the Penguins do want to get into the playoffs, they do need a little bit of help. One of the Islanders or the Panthers need to lose a game in regulation for that to happen. But um, you know, Crosby is making sure that this team is not going down without a fight, even though they've been very up and down this season. So, you know, the, you get to the 1500 point mark in your career. It's such a big milestone, historically speaking. And I know Crosby isn't done yet. Crosby or Lemieux, who's the greatest player in Penguins history? You know, I'm still, I still have to go 66 because, you know, I think he's the second greatest player, at least the second greatest player in the history of the NHL. Um, you know, I think I can make an argument for number one, especially if he didn't have Hodgkins and his his back didn't give out and all this other stuff. But that's a discussion for another day. Uh, I will still go Mario, though. It's, it's, the gap is closing at least a little bit. I think by the time Sid's career is up, he could have a case for definitely, you know, I, I think people could definitely make a case for him being the greatest penguin um ever um it's unfortunate that you know he should have over 1700 points right now when you think about it david steckel you know screw that guy forever for what he did in the winter classic he just took away you know countless games from sid in the peak of his career um that could that should have him right now and i actually have the list up um he pro he should be top 10 in nhl scoring right now he should be at least number nine um behind mario um you know, Mario's at seventeen twenty three. Sid's at fifteen hundred. It's going to be close to get to that record. Um, I don't know if he'll do it. I, I think he's going to come really close. But it, had he not been knocked out by David Steckelgill, he he would have that record already, if not closing in on it right now. That's just you know how good he's been ever since coming back. You know, he's aged like fine wine. He's continued to be at a point per game pace. When he stops being at that pace, I think people will you know then I think people will start to discuss like, okay, like where's like a good ending for how many points that he's going to get, because I definitely think he's going to get into that top 10 overall. He'll, he'll break some more records next season. But um, it, in terms of greatest penguins ever, I would still have him as like a one B right now behind Mario, but there's a chance that gaps gets thinner and thinner by the time his career ends here. Two games left in the season. As you mentioned, they need a little bit of help. What to you is the thing that the Penguins need to do better over these last two games to give themselves a maximum chance to make the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I want to see the special teams be better. You're playing against two of the worst teams in the league. They have really bad special teams units. Penguins should have a massive advantage, even though the power play is ranked in the middle of the pack and in the penalty kill is ranked in the bottom third they're still better than the Blue Jackets and the Blackhawks spirit people. Those teams are legitimately tanking right now, especially the Blackhawks. They've lost 10 out of 11. Heck, the Blackhawks are going to come into that game on a back-to-back. -back. They're playing Minnesota on Monday. There's no excuse to lose either of those two games. I want to see the goaltending continue to be well. Tristan Jari, back-to-back um, -back starts now, Gil. Two goals in two games. That's what we want to see from the number one netminder. I think he's going to get both of those starts uh, just because the Penguins have not clinched a playoff spot, and who knows if they will. Um, and I want to see them play with that sense of urgency and desperation. They kind of, they kind of slept blocked through the first 10 minutes of the game against Detroit. After that, they really woke up. Of course, that was on Saturday. I want to see that um, as well. And also, I want to see more depth scoring. And we saw that on, you know, on Saturday. Um, Danton Heinen comes through with a goal. Alex Nylander in a massive moment. He just got sent down. His first goal as a Penguin makes it one nothing. 
That was huge for this team. Want to see the depth scoring. If they can do all of that, they should be able to win out here and run the table and see if, you know, either one of these two teams in front of them wants to lose in regulation. Obviously, they're not, they don't want to because they also want to make the dance. But, you know, in terms of the Penguins, they don't control their own destiny. You know, they're probably going to have to rely on Florida a bit more than New York schedule wise. But, you know, that's what I'm really looking for these final two games. Can't take these two teams lightly because, you know, for as bad as they are, I'm, I'm sure they're thinking, oh, we, let's take out a team with us because that's, you know, it's the, it's the last games of the season. And they have nothing to lose, obviously. Yeah. You, you mentioned the power play struggles and you, you look at the names, you know, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Gunsel, and that's just, you know, four of the five guys on the top unit. Why is this power play struggling this year? It's, it's very weird. Um, I feel like a lot of times they just want to do their own thing on the top power play. They just don't want to take coaching advice from Todd Reardon or Mike Sullivan. Um, I know Reardon runs the power play, but I know Mike Sullivan is directly involved in it as well. Um, I was tweeting this on Saturday. It just looks like no opposition has any respect for the Penguins power play. It's the zone entries are horrendous. You know, it's, I watched them gain the zone time after time. Puck just goes back down. Minute goes by. Oh, Time change in the second unit. Same thing happens. You know, it's just they try to do their own thing and it's not working. They need to get back to basics and, you know, stop with this stupid drop pass. Stop trying to go one on four, one on three or whatever. Um, the perimeter passing is also very annoying. Um, so my, a couple of my buddies, when I go to the games, they call it the when they do the uh, Powerball power play. It's the Powerball passing play because it seems like all they do on the power play is just Oh, we're going to go to the right half wall. We're going to go to the point, other point, right, left half wall, back, back, back. It's just that's, and they don't develop any good scoring chances. And I think as a result, you've been seeing a power play that's been very lethargic this season. It's honestly a miracle, Gil, that they are in the middle of the pack because when you watch it on a nightly basis, it looks like it's one of the worst units in the league. And it shouldn't be because they have some world class talent on it. So, you know, that's really, I think, the main reasons why I think the power play has not been good. I also think they try to Harlem Globetrotter it. They look for that perfect play. They try to get on SportsCenter's top five list every morning. But, you know, just got to get back to basics. You know, get traffic in front of the net. Get to those high slots, those high danger areas. I think they've really missed – it's been a few years. They've really missed Phil Kessel on that left half wall, someone who can both shoot and is a great playmaker. Penguins just haven't had that kind of player there since he left. And I also think that's a reason why it's been struggling a little bit, not just this season, but the last couple of seasons as well. Hunter, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. The show's Twitter is at Elmore Store Penguins. And you can follow the Locked On Podcast, Locked On Podcast, the Locked On Penguins podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Hunter, always a pleasure. And uh, maybe we'll, we'll talk a little bit more before the playoffs start. Yeah, should be this week. Should be a lot of fun. Going to be very stressful, but you know, we'll have to see what happens. All right. Thanks, Hunter. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Flames, Jess Belmosto. And Jess, big games coming up for the Flames. Stretch drive here. Fighting for this playoff spot. What will it take for the Flames to get it done? It's something that hasn't really been happening for the majority of the season. I feel like up until like the 75th game of the season and that is everyone being on the same page they they finally have something to fight for and I think that they're that's their motivating factor because it's just kind of been oh well we'll 
we'll go on a seven game losing streak. It's okay. Like we'll pick up another game. And they hadn't won four in a row all season up until last week. So it's a little concerning, a little concerning, little concerning, obviously goaltending always important. Do you think the goaltending is there as of late? You know, I think I've talked about this a lot on um, locked on flames, but I think there were so many external factors to Jacob Markstrom's uh, performance this season on top of being a new dad. And it was like, as soon as his baby was born, he was, he was good. It's like all that worrying was out of his mind and you know he has had some you know less than good games obviously since the beginning of March but you know he started 18 of the last 19 games and he didn't have horrible starts you know he he the flames are still in it for a reason I guess but I, I do think that Markstrom or even Vladar are capable of holding up this team by like popsicle sticks they're still standing <laughs> one advantage the the remaining games on the schedule all against teams who if the season ended today would not be in the playoffs how does that i mean some teams have trouble getting up for games against teams that are below them in the standings some teams take care of business where do the flames fit in in that situation um in true calgary fashion right in the middle um, it depends on what what day of the week it is, who which team it is, and you know it, they don't really decide until like maybe the second period. Um, it they played Chicago last week, which you know that feels like a very easy two points to collect, but they didn't win a single game against Chicago all season, and you know tonight they play or I guess Saturday they play Vancouver, and it's. It's just one of those things where you don't know what you're getting out of this team anytime they step foot on the ice because they can go out and play like they deserve to be in the cup final. And then other nights you're like, this season just needs to end immediately. How does, I mean, where does coaching fit into that inconsistency issue? Oh, you know, this this is something I struggle with because Daryl Sutter has obviously he's Daryl Sutter. He has a very wonderful resume. If not, he's going to go down in history as one of the best coach coaches or if not the best coach in NHL history. But he is so set in his ways and there those ways often complicate things for the roster and for those um you know those easy wins um, Jacob Pelletier finally made his uh NHL debut this year and he had a fantastic season really and he's added some speed to the lineup which is something this team has lacked severely and you know he made one mistake he made a turnover in uh, against Los Angeles in March and hasn't played a game since. Mind you, the Flames were already down 5 nothing, and this is the second period. So it's just not ideal um, to, you know, be benching players that should be in the lineup when, you know, players like Milan Lucic is, are just, like, doing whatever they want and can get away with it because they're vets and they have a relationship with Sutter. 
obviously that complicates things a, a little bit. Talk to me about a couple of players who are really helping this team make this playoff push, people who have been hot as of late and are contributing to the team's recent success. Yeah, you know, I would say Walker Dewar. Um, he has been playing – he was called up at the at, at, earlier in the season, and he has been really helpful in stabilizing the Flames' fourth line. He has He adds speed to it. He has a nice shot, and he has a good finish. He's going to finish the job, and you know I don't know how many goals he's had off the top of his head, off the top of my head rather, but he's he's had a very very big impact at least on the bottom six. Um, you know I think Tyler Toffoli is the obvious answer here as well, uh, leading scoring. Um, I can't even talk today. Sorry, scoring leader on the Flames, and you know I think. I know I did. I doubted him coming into that role and stepping up into that role because he was brought into the flames last year as that middle six guy. Like you're not really, he's a versatile player, but him stepping up and having, you know, setting new career highs. I think he has 34, 35 goals this season is absolutely fantastic. Talk to me about Nazem Kadri, big signing in, in the off season. We're almost a full season into his Flames career, how has he uh, met expectations and how has he not met expectations this season? Yeah, so I think the biggest issue here was people just expecting him to continue that point-per-game pace, which that's not possible. Um, that's not really sustainable. And I, I just I don't think that that was a realistic expectation for anyone to have. So, you know, you do have to kind of manage those. But I don't... I don't want to say he's been bad. I mean, yes, he had a horrible giveaway against Chicago, and he owned up to it. He he owned his piece and said, I just lost it out there. I don't know. wasn't focused. And that's to me, that's the biggest thing, is accountability and not throwing other teammates under the bus for your mistakes or other, you know, areas where the team could be stepping up. I think that he really has forced this, I wouldn't say a level of physicality to the team because he's not like Toronto Maple Leafs Nazem Kadri, but he definitely brings like a level of toughness to the team. All right. So just a handful of games left. Where can our viewers and our listeners find out more about the Flames with the podcast and where they can find you on social media? Yes. So definitely um, come hang out with us. We're here every day. Um, Monday through Friday um, at Locked on Flames, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Um, I really appreciate when people, you know, jump to the comments and kind of, you know, are able to have a discussion there. So that's highly encouraged. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Flames pod. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. Jess, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On NHL your first listen today. Now make your second listen game to game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every contest from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I want to thank my guests, Brett Holden of Locked On Oilers, 
Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins and Jess Belmosto of Locked On Flames. I am Gil Martin. I am here every Monday with three of the biggest stories from around the NHL, and I co-host the Friday edition of Locked On NHL along with Rachel Donner. Remember, we're here every Monday through Friday right here on Locked On NHL as we bring you all the biggest stories from around the league and get ready for some extensive NHL Stanley Cup playoff coverage. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.